0: Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. We had a uh, wonderful time on Sunday in Charleston this past weekend. Uh, We went to an event that I was super hyped about that you brought to my attention. Um, Lewis Barbecue, which is a pretty successful barbecue place down there, also has a high-end Mexican restaurant. And John Lewis, the proprietor, spent time in El Paso and in New Mexico. Rancho Lewis. Rancho Lewis is the name of the high-end Mexican restaurant. And so while he was in the Southwest, he fell in love with hatch green chilies. As he should. Which are the state pepper of New Mexico. Um, In New Mexico, if you order order Mexican food, they ask you red or green. What kind of of chili do you want? If you order a chili cheeseburger, it's going to have hatch green chilies, not like hot dog chili. And it was just fantastic. The aromas, oh my god, wafting through that courtyard, it was absolutely great. But this is not a skip the line podcast. <laughs> yes, which you did very well. I just kept doing it. I was like, it worked last time. <laughs> that was the only the only downside of the event is that it was
1: very very packed. And in a condensed lo- space. In
0: a condensed space and the lines were long yeah. but I was like fuck that noise.
1: It was great. It was worth it. Uh, but yes it's not a Hatch Chili podcast. This is Cinema Chop Shop. Woo-hoo! We're a movie podcast that talks about movies and shit and this is week number two of our October theme mm-hmm. knockoff movies. Knockoffs. We had a great time last week talking about. Last week we talked about Jaws and all of the many, many films that were, let's say, influenced. Influenced. Inspired. Inspired by Jaws. But this week we're going to be talking about the 1984 classic Gremlins. Gremlins. Um, the Not the
0: godfather of creature features, but the probably the most successful one from the 1980s. Obviously, there's influences from the 50s and stuff. Oh, sure. But... Um, we got 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. Pretty solid. And I think that it goes without saying that this movie has influenced a ton of not only knockoffs, but also just very similar movies
1: structurally. By the way, uh, I'm joined with, with me is the podfather himself, Travisito. In oh, case thanks, you didn't man. know, no intros needed. Thanks for having me. Yes. Gremlins, directed by the great Joe Dante. Uh, who has also done a ton of other stuff. Uh, last
0: week... Joey was talking about Piranha. Piranha. Uh, also, he did The Howling, Explorers, Inner Space, The Burbs. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, but he apprenticed under Roger Corman um, at Roger Corman's new world studios and that will kind of come into
1: play in our discussion tonight as well. Joe Dante seems like a super cool guy. Mm -hmm. Every interview I've ever seen with him, he seems like the kind of guy you'd want to hang out with. He did a fantastic job with this film because it has its feet in so many territories all Mm -hmm. at once. You have the, the creature feature chock full of violence and gore uh-huh. but at the same time you've got the charming quality of both the Mogwai and the gremlins yeah and the comedy of it which reminds me of his segment from the twilight zone the movie with the kid who had the cartoon house yes very much the same kind of vein where it was violent yet laughable uh-huh and then you've got um I don't know if you'd call it young romance, but the, uh, the 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 budding romance, I guess, between the two principal characters, which we should talk about the cast. Yeah, so we've got Zach Galligan
0: is our lead, and I don't know how old he was at the time, but he's supposed to be a teenager. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Maybe, like all eighties teenagers. Maybe just graduated high school. Then we've got uh, Phoebe Cates and the timeless Phoebe Cates, who, um, and this is this is post Fast Times, right? Yes. And so she really took a step backwards in terms of the booby count. Because in <laughs> Gremlins, there's none. none, And in Fast Times, of course, there's
1: I um, wouldn't even go so far as to glorious. say that, 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 that the costumer even pushed it even harder. Because there's the scene where she's working in the bank. Uh-huh. And she's dressed like your grandmother. Yeah, she's wearing like a, a crocheted high, sweater. High neck, big poofy shoulders. The complete opposite of the red bikini. Uh, then we've got Hoyt
0: Axton, who is... Uh, plays the father figure who's a struggling
1: inventor. My one knock against this movie has to do with Hoyt, and it's not him personally. I think his performance is fine. The utilization of him as a narrator Mm, at the beginning and the end of the film, indicating that the narrator has some sort of insight into the goings-on where he wasn't present. He wasn't even around. He wasn't around. He had nothing to do with the movie. He's a bookend. Unreliable narrator
0: at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> narrator in absentia. <laughs> um, then we've got a very young Corey Feldman. This is pre-Goonies. My wa- I had this on. I rewatched it this week. And my wife was like, is that Corey Feldman? Sure enough. It sure is. Uh, and then the voice of Gizmo is none other than Howie Mandel. Yeah. Kind of doing his Bobby's World voice. The main Mogwai character. Yeah. So uh, quick, quick Uh, plot summary, a gadget salesman is looking for a special gift for his son and finds one in a store in Chinatown. The shopkeeper is reluctant to tell him that the Mogwai, Excuse me, to sell him the Mogwai, but sells it to him with the warning to never expose him to bright light, water, or feed him after midnight. All of this happens, and the result is a gang of gremlins that decide to tear up the town on Christmas Eve. Now, it says he was reluctant, but eventually sells the Mogwai. Well, the kid really sells the it kid. behind his back. Yeah, yeah. He, he's hustling.
1: Yeah, he, he says, Grandpa's, you know, in his old age, doesn't know what it takes to keep the doors open and the lights on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sell you this really strange creature right and,
0: and... It, it definitely does play into the American fascination with Asian culture especially at the time it was it was fairly new to to people to go to Chinatown and go to one of these oddities shops. Uh, what do you think? I agree. And
1: I, it's borderline offensive. Borderline the the, stereotypical. The way the old man was played out. Uh huh. I think that, that somebody should do a mashup with this movie and Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, no, I was thinking the
0: same thing. Or they could do like a crossover
1: comic book. Yeah. That would be, be cool. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, he
0: definitely does have kind of a stereotypical Fu Manchu.
1: Yeah. Um, he even has like, is, is it both eyes or one I think eye? Like he's got like, one dead eye. It's a dead eye. It's yeah. like crystal blue. Let's talk about the uh, the the big the big focal point of the film. The the Mogwai is an amazing work of practical effects. Oh yeah, it's it's cute. It's I know some people will disagree, but for the most part, it's cute. It's articulate. Um, it is, uh, it, 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 works on camera. It's basically furry Grogu before Grogu. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, being a kid of that era, I guess I was, uh, 11 years old at the time. The merchandise surrounding the Mogwai yeah. was, was pretty prolific. Uh, not so much with the gremlins cause they were pretty gory and gross, but the Mogwai, God, man, they were everywhere, everywhere, stuffed animals and, and little figures and shit. Influenced,
0: uh, the craze that was Furbies later
1: yeah i think so i think that's a a very much the eye movement Uh the mouth movement very similar Speaking of the gremlins, though, they look more like marionette puppets in a lot of the scenes, but uh, very well done, I think. So the the evil
0: ones after they turn and reproduce into uh, very
1: alien-looking, almost... After they're fed after midnight. Yes. You know, that's always one of those things that people puzzle over. It's like, Uh okay, so you don't feed them after midnight, but when can I feed them? Because technically it's always after midnight. always after midnight. And the only reason that he
0: does make the mistake of feeding them after midnight is because they unplug his... His clock, or yes. set the clock back to trick him. Devious, yes, devious. And of course, you've got
1: the leader Stripe. Yeah, with yeah. his white stripes, mohawk. a badass. He's very punk rock. Yeah, the guys at Red Letter Media own one of the Gremlins figures. Oh wow, one of the, one of the props from the film, and uh, made entirely of uh, of foam latex, mm-hmm. practically falling apart as I as bet. those do over time. Made on the cheap, versatile, uh, perfect for what they used it for. In terms of the plot, as you said, shenanigans abound. Yes. <laughs> once the gremlins uh, gain agency, it's, they, they kind of take over the town.
0: It's like the um, the inmates are running the asylum. the um, The kids have no teacher. The cows are out of the barn. <laughs> yes, they're out of control. Mm-hmm. They're they're
1: like your, your 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 one friend who should not drink. Mm-hmm. and once they hit that tipping point, right. all bets are off. Yeah. That's like every single one of those guys. And then they multiply. Yes. Certainly we have a real problem on our hands. Yeah, yeah, we got a big problem. Uh, the movie kind of lags a little bit. I know it comes in at an hour and 40 minutes, and there's about 10 minutes worth of filler, mm-hmm. in my opinion, where the they try, they're they pushing for the comedy. You've got the gremlins hanging out at the bar. And for some reason, Phoebe Cates is trying to serve them drinks, and like she's like stressing over getting all the drinks poured uh-huh. in a certain period of time. I guess she's just fearing for her life naturally. But then there are all these shots of them like playing cards, shooting each other like gangsters. I think Stripe has a bowler hat on at mm-hmm. one point, And there's like another gremlin who's trying to entertain him with puppets. Where'd he get the puppets?
0: And there's speaking of her being a bartender, there's a scene pretty early on where, um, an actor that we know and I'm drawing a blank. It's like Dick something. Uh, oh, oh, Dick Miller. Dick Miller yeah. is the old, old drunk at the bar, and he, they cut him off. He decides to walk home, and he's he says it's because gremlins. He's ha, the one, one to his, yeah, yeah. his snowplow.
1: He's the one who keeps making references to gremlins in terms of the 1940s World right. War II gremlins that got in the that planes would me- would, would uh, sabotage aircraft. Right. You mentioned other cast members. We should also mention that Judge Reinhold who was in fast times at Ridgemont high with Phoebe jerking Kates. off to Phoebe Cates is her manager at the bank. I didn't even realize that. That's yes. awesome. Yes. So uh, I don't know if that's some sort of alternate reality where uh-huh. he, she gets her come up. It's for taunting him with her boobies. <laughs> boobies. All so, right. so yeah, uh, that's gremlins. I, I you know, the, the, this movie was one of the films that was lumped into the pre PG 13 era where the parents and groups and whatnot said, we got to do something about this. Gremlins on the surface looks like a kid friendly movie. Boy, does it take a turn? A lot
0: of violence,
1: cartoon violence, but still very,
0: uh, pretty graphic violence. Yeah,
1: I agree. Uh, along the lines of like a child's play almost, Uh you know, where you've got childlike toys doing
0: crime. So we should also mention that it did spawn a sequel. Um, Gremlins 2, the new batch. I never saw it. It's an inferior film as a lot of sequels are. Doesn't really hold up the way this does. But Joe Dante says he's in pre-production on Gremlins 3. Mm.
1: So that I'm just putting that out there for mm-hmm. good or bad. He says he's doing it. I'm curious about that. Well, being as it is knockoff month. Yes. Let's talk about some knockoffs.
0: And we're going to go in like release date order right
1: yeah i think that's the way to do it and uh you know gremlins is one of those funny ones where it's we'll get into it you'll, mm-hmm. you'll see that the uh the knockoffs are not true knockoffs two-thirds of the time yeah <laughs> yeah and there's one that we left out that we're we're going to save for another episode on its own as a watch party Garbage Pail Kids gets lumped oh my into the Garbage Pail Kids gets lumped into the Gremlins knockoffs. I can I can completely see that. Yeah, I have not seen this film. Uh huh. So I So I'm saving it for the Fairly watch party. recently, but we, we we chose not to include that here. So uh-huh. uh, so when you don't hear that mentioned in the knockoffs, you can hold off on sending us your emails. Right, right. Because we get enough as it is. Emails are fast and furious.
0: And so the the first one is. I've got 84 as well, but you've got 1985, which makes sense um, for it to have been influenced by a 1984 movie. And it's Ghoulies. The cover art, speaking of VHS cover art, has a little monster coming out of the toilet. The green monster. Yeah, and as a kid who loved video stores, this cover art was scary to me. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm in kindergarten and you're positing to me that this little monster thing can come out of the toilet?
1: Yeah, that's kind of scary. And I'll even go so much to say that I was lied to by my classmates growing uh-huh. up that claimed that this movie was about little men who would like crawl up through the sewers and like eat your ass while uh-huh. you're taking a dump. <laughs> and that's not the case. No. This movie is really far from what you would be led to believe by the movie poster. It's not all about the little miniature critters. Right. It's uh, it's a satanic panic kind of film mm-hmm. uh, centered around the dark arts. Uh, so it does have
0: a whopping 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, the lowest rated of the movies that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, it was directed by, who I have to assume is an Italian director, Luca Bercovici. Bercovici. That's L- what I was going Luca to say. Luca Bercovici,
1: um, who I don't know anything about. No. No. But it stars uh, Peter Lipas. Yeah. Leopas. Uh, Lisa Pelican, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Uh, Jack Eraserhead Nance. Yes. Which I thought was exciting. Mariska Hargitay. In her feature film debut. And, and I think that she really steals a lot of scenes. Yeah, she was actually pretty good. You could see um, that she was going to have a career. Um, and then you got the big granddaddy King Satanist who like starts out in the film and then comes back from the dead. His name is Michael Debar. Mm-hmm. He Malcolm is, a, is the character, right? Yes, he is a real life marquee. Oh, really? Was is? I guess he's still alive. Yeah.
0: Um. So speaking, uh, just backtracking a little bit to Mariska, um, we we already know that she is Hollywood royalty, being the daughter of Jane Mansfield. Uh, but do you know? What the only other credit she has prior to Ghoulies. Was it like a commercial? It's not a commercial. It's a music video for a song by Ronnie Millsap, She Loves My Car. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. You want me to go through the breakdown down the plot a little bit? Yeah, hit it. As a child, Jonathan, played by Peter Liapis, was almost killed by his father, Malcolm, played by Michael DeBar. During a satanic ritual after being saved and raised by Wolfgang, (laughs) who's played by Jack Nance, who has kept him unaware of his background. Jonathan inherits Malcolm's house and moves in with girlfriend Rebecca, played by Lisa Pelican. During a party, he jokingly performs a ceremony described in one of his father's books on black magic, not realizing he has unleashed small demonic creatures known as ghoulies. Yes. Uh, so this was my least favorite of all the movies that we watched in this vein this week. What
1: did you What did you think? I agree. There are problems throughout this film. Um, I mean, besides capitalizing on the satanic panic uh, craze, it, it didn't age well. But it it does suffer from the typical 1980s. We've got 30 year olds playing mm-hmm. young 20 somethings, and um, they say that. Um, that our main
0: character Jonathan is just joking around with this satanic ritual but he gets hooked.
1: Yeah, he he gave it a good the good college try. And uh-huh. I say college try because he's wearing a letterman sweater, uh-huh. <laughs> a cardigan sweater. That was great choice. Yeah, he gave it a good a good shot and uh, you know it's kind of like when people's last names dictate what their careers are going to be like Mm -hmm. Joe Strummer, you're going to be a guitar player. Yeah. Well, this guy, you know, ratio hornblower. Yeah. This guy was pretty much destined to be a Satanist because his whole house is filled with gargoyles. Yeah. How did he not notice that he would, he didn't
0: get out very much. He thought everybody's house was like that,
1: but yeah, you've got a lot of stereotypical, uh, horny teens uh-huh. hanging out at the house you've got the guy who's you know bound and determined to get laid he's got the condom that he pulls out of the wallet and waves around like, like classic he's serious about getting laid and then you've got the gay couple did you pick up on the gay couple oh it was very very subtle yeah the stoners <laughs> yeah. they were they were intent on getting drunk and stoned together uh-huh. but they were always together yeah always shoulder to shoulder and always like having quiet moments alone. Right. right. I was like, Oh, that's cute. That's really sweet. Let's see. What are we going to talk about? The, let's let's the talk... Practical effects are subpar compared to Gremlins. Yes. Let's talk about the ghoulies themselves. Yes. You've got mole rat guy. Uh-huh. Hans mole man, which has no anatomy whatsoever in that whoever's working the puppeteering doesn't understand the concept of a, of a nose structure and a jaw structure. Instead, mm-hmm. the, their hands are just kind of wiggling around the uh, the green ghoulie that had the movie poster. Very poorly painted, it's very very poorly done. What else did they have? There were there were four of them, right? Yeah, they, they they just they were not well done. Oh, the the cat monkey. That's what I call him. Cat monkey. Cat monkey. Yes, uh, just awful awful puppeteering um just very little respect for making these look realistic Mm -hmm. and yeah you could say oh they're you know demonic creatures so they don't adhere to our physics but at the same time you're watching a film and you've got to believe what you're seeing and that just wasn't happening the lead kind of gets full on into the
0: satanist thing he was very smarmy I,
1: I yeah. he rubbed
0: me the wrong way immediately, and I was I was looking him up to see if maybe I knew him from something I didn't like later, and I really don't know much that he's done, but didn't I did not care for him his yeah. smugness.
1: Yeah, I didn't like him either. I, I and that's the problem when you're a lead actor, t- right? Just like so unlikable. You yeah, you just don't like him at all. But, yeah, he gets really into the uh, the whole mystic arts thing so much so that he drives his girlfriend away. She doesn't well, want he's, anything he's, to do with him. He makes up with her. She comes to bed. They start making out, and he starts
0: chanting his his de- satanic ritual stuff. And she's like, what What
1: are you doing? You mean you don't do that? <laughs> Not everybody <laughs> did that. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> but yeah. that's how we bone in this house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about the
0: little people. Oh yeah, that was a little off-putting. I'm Sorry, uh, that was quite off-putting.
1: Yeah, it was not uh, not good, but at the same time, his characters mm-hmm. they were kind of trying to protect him a little bit, yeah. even though they were also beholden to the the father. It, the juxtaposition of the
0: little people and the ghoulies was, let's say, an interesting choice in terms of in terms of the the writing here.
1: He orchestrates this meal mm-hmm. where he has all of his friends over and they're all required to wear sunglasses
0: Super at night. Cool.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, this it's Corey Hart, you know, we all wear our sunglasses mm-hmm. at night and then sitting at the table, he tells them that, that I and my wife, girl, whatever her name was, we've already eaten but you guys go ahead and mm-hmm. eat that's always a red flag would that not set you <laughs> off as a, as just even like your best friend or uh-huh. even a casual friend if they did that you'd be like no dude that's okay i'm just going to chill right <laughs> but no oh, these, i i already ate too <laughs> so yeah these these do, these gullible guys they they decided to go ahead and have their have their meal but uh the the ex at this point is under his command she is a uh, just a vessel uh uh-huh. and so they've they he's orchestrated this this dinner party so they can all die at the hands of the 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 ghoulies and then the uh, the the father comes back yes as i put in my notes his tombstone popped like a turkey his tombstone popped like it's like just boom yeah you know yes. the, you know the little yes, turkey the timer. timer thing yes that that tombstone just kind of popped right up out of the ground yeah and dad was back and he he had to had some choice words for his son. Well, speaking of cemeteries, do you want to do
0: a beer check-in? Um sure. I've got one that fits that theme. Nice. Um, it is called Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift, um, I believe from Westbrook. Nice. And it's a double dry hopped India pale ale, and check out that cover art.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I've had this one before. This is fantastic. It's got the uh the Freddy Krueger hand, the uh, uh, Jason Voorhees, the Michael Myers, and and, and then the the chainsaw from uh, Texas Chainsaw from Texas Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre. Yep, good pickup, man. Leatherface. Um, in while I'm opening this, I was drinking a Munkle Saison. We uh, we stopped off at Munkle and
0: uh, stopped off is one way to put
1: it. We crossed the tracks. Right. We we, we walked from uh, across the highway. Yeah. Michelle was none too pleased Michelle was not
0: happy. She's like, we should have just driven. I was
1: like, no, this is how everybody gets in here. I carried her across the tracks because Travis (laughs) would not give her any assistance whatsoever. Like the Toxic Avenger? Speaking of Toxic Avenger, Mm -hmm. that movie's coming up pretty soon. Starring Peter Dinklage. Speaking of little people, Peter Dinklage. I can see it. Oh, I think it's going to be fun. I can dig that.
0: It's dank. It's got so the, a... the two hops, the double dry hopped, are Citra and cinch, Citra Incognito, which
1: is that like a cross strain? Uh, probably. They're all at this point. It's got a great aroma. It's a light body. Um, it kind of dissipates on the tongue very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I can... It's not overwhelm- overwhelmingly carbonated like my last <laughs> beer check-in. <laughs>
0: uh let's see what else we gonna say about Uh, well the the reception the critical reception people were a little bit mixed so i've just got a couple of examples here vincent canby of the new york times dismissed the film as a quote cut rate gremlins with unexceptional performances and a lot of badly simulated gore variety wrote that the film has a quaint corniness about it as as if it were a cheapy horror movie from the 1950s, special effects and production values are mediocre, which in this case is part of the fun.
1: Oh, okay, that's being really polite. I'm um, generous, I think. I said that the dad looked like a blonde emperor Palpatine. yeah, and there were from from scene to scene to scene his makeup changed. like he was supposed to have like dead makeup. yeah yeah. And it would like be kind of dead. Well, they couldn't afford a continuity and, person. And then not really dead. And then really dead. It was just all over the place. Speaking of continuity person, uh, there is a scene where um, someone's supposed to hold like a chalice with blood in it or something. And the the shots are out of sequence. Like there's one shot, they're already holding the chalice of blood. Uh-huh. And then the next shot, they're presenting the cup and he's pouring it uh-huh. in. The end. So yeah, this movie, this movie's got real problems besides just the general shittiness of the plot. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with you. I didn't care for it Uh, on the, on the, on the gremlins ripoff scale. I would rank it pretty low. Yeah, me too. I mean, yes, it it shares the quality of having little creatures who are up to no good, Yeah, but at the same time, they're not the star of the film. Mm -mm. It's more about this whole Uh, mystical satanic style rituals and this guy's grand design of being this master warlock. So we're off to a rip-roaring start Mm -hmm. on our Kremlin's rip-off knockoff movies, but I promise you we've got the goods that are coming up in the second half. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, but not before we say... Let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some munchies. You'll know what we're talking about in a minute. Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go. Welcome back. We just took a brief uh, moment to not pee in the yard. We're going to nope. hold it. Mm-hmm. And uh, We don't want to miss a thing. No. And we're just restocking on our beers for uh, the second half. Well, we're going to dive right in to some additional Gremlins knockoffs. All right.
0: So the next one is, in my opinion, a superior... Movie and I, I would uh, venture to say that it is not
1: really that much of a of yeah. a knockoff. Yeah, I think it's unfair to call Critters from 1986. Critters. Yeah, uh, it's unfair to call it a Gremlins knockoff.
0: So it's directed by Stephen Herrick, and we've got a 50 percent here on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Stephen Herrick uh, directed some some big ones. Yeah, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. The Mighty Ducks, Mr. Holland's Opus, and one of my favorite films, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh shit, man.
1: This guy's good. Yeah. He's got Is this like one of his early features, I guess? Um, yes, yeah. yes it is. All right. So, so what you have is a straight-up sci-fi film where mm-hmm. you have the Krites, which I thought was yes. a bit of a stretch. They are intergalactic criminals, although they never really go into detail about what they did criminally. They're they're very murderous. But yeah, they obviously and are, as they, we will when soon they, see. When they when they eat, they they get bigger. Yeah. So these guys, these crits, uh, uh, the critters, they should call them crits. Yeah, yeah, crits. So the crits basically break out of their prison planet, mm-hmm. hijack a ship, yep, and split. But hot on their trail, hot on their trail are bounty hunters. Now, right. I, I want to comment about this. There is one flaw in this film. You're on a prison planet, and you have bounty hunters on standby. It's basically the same thing as a bail bondsman. They're just, but they're on the planet. They're just hanging out, and they're yeah. like, "Yo, hey, hey, bounty hunters, let's well, go."
0: Well, bail bondsmen are, are always their businesses are always
1: situated right by the jail. So yeah, they they they, they all head for Earth, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's what you do. So let's talk about the cast real quick. We've got horror sci-fi royalty, D. Wallace. D. Wallace. She's adorable, the mom from ET and the mom from Cujo. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's delightful. She's fantastic. Watch the uh, uh, Into Darkness uh-huh. documentary for her interviews. She seems like. Such a wonderful person. So, she reminds me of Terry Garr a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same She's era, too. Right on. Yep, she is definitely the the, the mom vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she nails it. Uh, we also have uh, Scott Grimes, who plays the, the child in the family, mm-hmm. uh, who would go on to be the voice of Steve Smith in the animated series American Dad. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. That you. little redheaded kid. And pay attention because that's going to come up again later in the show. Okay, I did want to point out that
0: the <laughs> the uh, mom is blonde, the dad is brunette, the daughter's brunette, but the. Though son is randomly a redhead and recessive genes, recessive traits. Maybe I'm sure
1: Chelsea could weigh in on oh, this. Okay, We've got, uh, M Emmett Walsh. Yes. Fucking legendary character actor, uh, blood, simple blade runner, the jerk. Yes. That this... guy really hates these cans. <laughs> he hates these cans. So, uh, you got him, uh, Ethan Phillips who played Neelix on Star Trek Voyager, he is one of the deputies out in the field who bites it pretty early on. Uh-huh. Uh, that again plays a, a part later on. Uh, then we have Nadine Vanderveld. Nadine Vanderveld, she
0: shows up in this and another movie we're going to talk about shortly. That's right. Um and do you want me to do you want me to get into her the reason she doesn't have anything after the year 2000?
1: In the year 2000? Yes.
0: Uh, so she, along with her husband, Scott Kraft, who is a producer, started a show for children, a live action musical show called Fresh Beat Band. And Scott Kraft went on to be the executive producer of a little show called
1: paw patrol nicely done so she doesn't have to lift a finger another time in her life not only that but you say that one of her one of her other shows her other kids shows that Uh she produced i can't remember the name of it she won a daytime emmy for right right so this she's accomplished you know screw films uh she's doing just fine on her own also in this movie you have the conspiracy nut charlie yes played by don keith opper now and he's he's always drunk Well, I only bring him up because he does have two parts. He's the the drunk, but he's also going to become one of the faces of the Bounty Hunters, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, his character shows up in four of the Critter movies. Oh, really? So one, two, three, and four. He is in the movies. So uh, he's a significant player. I believe he also wrote several of the scenes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So he has a lot to do on the creative side of things beyond and just
0: acting. They play those two archetypes against each other because he's the one who's the harbinger. He's, he's sounding the alarm about these UFOs and these aliens. But at the same time, he's the town drunk. So who's going to believe him? It's the boy who cried wolf.
1: Nobody will ever believe you, rummy. All righty. And also, a very young, very unknown Billy Zane. With a rat tail? Yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's a Jedi in training. And they um, Nadine Vandervell, April, April's her character's name, takes a literal roll in the hay with him and misses the introduction of the critters because she's
1: she's out in the barn in the hayloft. Yes, she is. All right, so we've got these two... Uh, bounty hunters who are on hot in hot pursuit of the critters. Mm-hmm. And they are faceless, formless. And once they land on Earth, they kind of assume the identities of things and people that they've seen. Yeah. And one of them is the face of Johnny Steele. A musician who has played on several televisions, doing his music video, an original song for. So he uh... is a real.
0: No, he's not real.
1: He's played by the actor Terrence Mann. Oh, okay. Now I bring him up because Terrence Mann is a North Carolina boy. Okay. And uh, he's very active these days in the North Carolina theater based in Raleigh. Interesting. So he is. uh, He's he's locally born, locally bred, and. He has continued to do the acting and producing and directing thing on a, uh, a local level. So we want to bring him up and give him props just because uh, we support our own here. I'm pretty sure there's an NBA player named Terrence Mann as well. By the way, when they assume the identities of the uh, people, that was a really cool special
0: effect. Yeah, um, I was I was thinking that at first they were just going to phone it in and like say, oh, you've got to you've got to change or whatever they, whatever the term they use. Well, they immediately cut away to the outside of the ship. And I thought they were just going to have it be the actor when they got out of the ship, but it's no, he's still, and he's like, I told you to transform. He's like, not everything fits me or something like that. So he waits. And then he, the deputy that's been in the wreck, he assumes his face, which comes into play later because they steal the cop car and people are like, what's going on with you yeah and they're wearing their their very um futuristing <laughs> international inter intergalactic traveler outfits
1: there you go but uh, yeah it was like this reverse like wax pouring effect it was mm-hmm. really really cool and i give them high marks for that right like, it looked super sharp for a low budget sci-fi film they're in hot pursuit. The critters make uh, make their landfall uh, well before and kind of set up shop at the family farm. Yes. And they start chomping, chomping hard. Dad takes it in the shoulder. Yes. The left shoulder, significant. And then I think they pop him in the side or something too. And so the whole family's kind of like uh, uh, trying to, Kick them out. Well, the critters have these, like, porcupine-esque uh, Oh, yeah, darts. They, have, they can shoot the darts. They shoot these darts. And yeah, it, D. Wallace takes it one it in the shoulder.
0: Incapacitates you. incapacitates um, you. The dad, the character of the dad, he was frustrating at times. Like, he finally goes and gets the shotgun and only loads two rounds. I just had issues with his character. Like, for example, after he's injured, he's like, we got to get outside, we got to go to the car, and he puts his wife and his two children in front of him exiting the house yeah. as like a human shield. Yeah. And I was like,
1: if you can still walk, you better be in front, man. <laughs> uh, there are some things, there's some problematic things like that. Uh, and he's the one holding the gun. Yeah. Why is he in the back? Yeah. It's not, is it not age well on you there, boss? Some other things, they, they, they get a hold of the sheriff to come help. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, the sheriff wakes up, and at his bedside table pinned to the wall is a picture of Dolly Parton from 9 to 5. Hmm. So this is an adult man yeah, with a tiny picture from like a newspaper or the TV guide pinned to his wall. Well, he loves Dolly Parton. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, that, that that struck me as being a little off. Wait, is that the um, the sheriff or the deputy? No, that's the sheriff. Okay. That is... Emmett uh, Walsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. which you know n- given his filmography that kind of does track <laughs> it's kind of um, funny
0: the shooting up the church would probably not fly today
1: no 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 that that didn't age well ultimately the little kid actor kind of does some heroic shit mhm uh, kind of puts his life on the line to to help save the day as sci-fi movies tend to do on earth you know they they, the kids are always the stars always the heroes a lot of times at least well
0: especially in this in this era there's a lot of stuff like his his bedroom door says like kid zone keep out or something like that you know (laughs) i think it's funny that even though the older sister our nadine vandevelt uh even though she lives on a farm, she's dressed like she's in a Cindy Lauper video.
1: Well, yeah, that's the way it was, man. I mean, everybody was going for that aesthetic back then. Where are you two going so quick yeah. after dinner? We're just out going out to the hayloft. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, the, the the gremlin knockoff aspect mm-hmm. of this. I've got a point to that. Uh, hit me with it. Although widely believed to have
0: been inspired by the success of Joe Dante's 1984 film Gremlins... Herrick has refuted this in interviews, pointing out that the script was written by Muir long before the script for Gremlins.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, as you said, they start out small, they grow bigger, Mm -hmm. and they kind of are sort of chuckleheads a little bit. We don't understand their language, we don't know what they're saying. That's really... They have teeth. I mean, they have they have sharp teeth like the gremlins. And but that's really kind of where the the similarities end, other than yeah. being in, in practical terms, they're puppets. Well, they look kind of like popples. Do you remember popples? Yeah, I do remember popples. Now, I will say that uh, to the film's discredit, the uh, and much like ghoulies. All of the shots of the of them are from like behind things and you know where the where the puppeteer can be hidden behind a la muppets and sesame street so a couple of weird things that i noticed one in
0: in the very beginning they do a um a product placement of a name brand orange juice in the kitchen it's like tropicana or or something like that and then later i was like why is this guy wearing a ghostbusters shirt in this yes! movie and then His they finally do, they finally do a close up and instead of the ghost busting through the um circus sign yeah. it's a bowling pin like an anthropomorphized bowling pin yeah. so you can only assume that their
1: bowling team are the pin busters.
0: so crazy
1: some other notes about the film you know why would the Krites even leave they they end up leaving why would they they could just go somewhere else uh, at the end of the film, Brad thanks the bounty hunters, ultimately what did the bounty hunters do? Um,
0: they, they came and
1: destroyed the farmhouse. They didn't really do with much their, of anything. With their
0: highly technologically advanced weaponry. But they did reconstruct the farmhouse, which yes. again was a great practical uh-huh. effect. They, um, the, the kid's kind of a firebug slash explosives nut. Yeah. And he's very impressed with their yeah. space age weapons.
1: So compared to Ghoulies, I think this one ranks even lower on the knockoff scale.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying lower on the scale, meaning it's less of less a, of a knockoff. Less influenced by. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Yeah. And I, I think it's a better movie than Ghoulies. I think it's I think it's probably yeah, it's I, could, I think I could watch this movie stand alone,
1: having no prior knowledge of gremlins yeah. and enjoy the movie. Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. I think it has uh, the uh, plenty of the things that you like in a in a sci-fi film. You have a threat from from outer space. You've got family, and the family rallies around each other to kind of survive this strange ordeal. Yeah, uh, there are some oddities here and there, but ultimately that's the core of the film. I liked it. I liked it a bunch. Let's jump into the next one, shall we? Or do you want to pop a beer or anything? Um, sure. Yeah, let's um. Can we try that? Oh, yeah. Saison? yeah. Uh, the Saison's right here whenever oh. you want it. Well, what have, is that one? I have the Munkle Haust beer. This is their Oktoberfest. October Oktoberfest. Which I think you had a sip of this. Yeah. And like a like a rookie,
0: I walked into Munkle
1: asking for an IPA. And they're like, no, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Munkle is a. Uh, Nine! Tra- they're very much inspired by the Trappist Monk style of beers. A lot of quads, a lot of tripels, And. Cezarnes. Mm-hmm. but uh, their fest beer is beautiful this is exactly what you want out of an oktoberfest crystal clear beautiful amber color great and
0: that is the same style as a marzin correct marzin and yeah, oktoberfest they all kind of Spears. fall together
1: oh that caramel on this thing is amazing all right enough gushing about munkle Who's your uncle? I don't know, but <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. This is why you need to listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 1987's Munchies. This movie was not on my radar my entire life until a week and a half ago.
0: I was aware of it. You were? Okay. Yeah, in that same way that I was aware of the cover for Ghoulies. Okay. I used to go, literally go through, um, before Blockbuster, small town video
1: stores and just examine mm. Video covers. Never saw this one in my life. You've got a gremlin looking thing. He looks just like Stripe on the movie poster. Yeah. Looking up, presumably a skirt. This girl's implying long legs. that there's going to be some sort of sexy uh, shenanigans, romp, yeah. romp aspect to it. And there's really not now, very much. This movie, I call this one, if I had a subtitle this one, Corman versus Corman versus Corman. Nice. Yeah. Because we have Harvey Corman with a K playing two roles. Mm hmm. Produced by Roger Corman. Roger Corman, and it's directed by Tina Hirsch. Travis, Tina Hirsch. tell us about t- Tina Hirsch. So Tina Hirsch
0: started out as an editor for Roger Corman's. Um, we mentioned it earlier. New World, New, New World Studio, and she was an editor on Gremlins.
1: Yeah, she she picked up her uh, her, her, her
0: her wings. Uh huh. And also, she was the editor on the aforementioned. It's a good life the Joe Dante directed segment of the Twilight Zone. Now it is ironic to me that Joe Dante didn't direct the Gremlins episode of the Twilight ah! Zone movie, <laughs> which is just as enjoyable. But yeah, she um she learned from Roger Corman and worked with Joe Dante. A lot of people in that time period, your uh Francis Ford Coppola's, your Steven Spielberg's, your George Lucas's all got their start with Roger Corman because he would take anybody on and he could make anything on a shoestring budget.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I'll be talking more about Roger Corman in next week's episode. And you'll be amazed at some of the people attached to those films. So we mentioned it stars
0: Harvey Corman. Yes. Also, uh, Charlie Stratton, Charlie Stratton, Nadine Vandeveld shows up again. She's back, baby. She's back. And
1: um also Robert Picardo. Who was the doctor on Star Trek Voyager, which also starred the guy who played Neelix in our previous film. Wendy Shaw, obviously Kristen Shaw's mom. She plays the role of Francine in American Dad. Also with Scott Grimes, who's the voice of Steve uh-uh. in our previous fucking film. Wendy Shawl is Francine on yes! American Dad. These connections that are is insane wild
0: yes and then uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention the stereotypical stoner character played by John Stafford who's simply named dude dude uh, but we glossed over Harvey Corman plays a uh, an archaeologist an astro archeologist Astro archaeologist and. Astro-archaeologist <laughs> and he plays his own twin brother, who's a scheming, low-life business guy. pitchman. Yes. So, let's go into the plot. An archaeologist finds a strange creature in Peru and takes it home. He dubs the creature a munchie, but is unprepared for the ensuing chaos when the beast starts to mutate. Things get even more complicated when a con man steals the munchie. Things get even more complicated when a con man tries to steal the munchie. I liked this
1: Better than Ghoulies, but not as much as critters. Agreed. So the film starts out in Peru. The astro archaeologist, Harvey Corman, mm-hmm. is on the on the trail for something fantastic. And his son, Paul, who wants to be a comic.
0: Yes. Is on this trip for some reason. And he makes a deal with his dad that he- if he goes along with this thing and helps him, then he'll be allowed to go to Los Angeles and and uh, pursue his comedy career. He's not
1: funny, though. Right out of the gate, the right out of the gate, Harvey Korman tells him, "You're not funny." And yeah. guess what, folks? He's not funny. Harvey Corman's right. At um, one point,
0: he's in in bed with his girlfriend, and he's got an inflatable hammer, and he just like taps her on the knee.
1: Uh, it's just it's he's terrible. Is he a carrot top? I don't know What's what going he is. On? So right out of the gate. Now this much like Gremlins, where you get Gizmo from uh-huh. from the word go. This film, they introduce the munchie right there. They get him. They stuff him in a bag and go home. They get him through customs somehow. If the cover of the the VHS would
0: provide any sort of clues, then we have to assume that he's... Munching on that poontang. <laughs> uh,
1: the music is very, very much like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, okay, yeah, it had to have been influenced by by that that score. Absolutely, Danny Elfman should be getting royalty checks from right. this piss poor film. Except there is no royalties. The cast seems not the least bit phased that this creature they've just encountered can mimic them and speak. Yeah. He can speak English, folks. Perfect English. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> and nobody seems phased by this. To make it easier on the director, I guess, uh, Harvey Corman splits the archaeologist version yeah. of him. Just kind of like, well, I'm out. Much, much
0: like the father in Gremlins. Yeah. He's gone he for bails. the main, main portion
1: of the action. But yeah, I agree that the, the bet is the shakiest premise in this film. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty shitty. Let's see, teen horniness furthers the plot Yeah Because uh, th- they want to hook up But he's supposed to be watching the gremlin Or the right. munchie Sorry, the munchie The munchie By the way, this is the most Most knockoff Knockoff of the knockoff Yeah So they're supposed to be watching him And instead of watching him, they go off to go fuck Presumably with more props Oh, wasn't the, the munchie's name was Arnold? By the way Okay, what I a didn't strange, remember that. What a yeah. strange choice for a name I don't know if there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger reference, but why? I don't know. What, what are Maybe. The Arno- Arnold from different strokes because he was well, little. I, I, maybe.
0: Maybe both. I mean, maybe Arnold was just a very popular uh,
1: name at that time period. I think somebody got stabbed with a fondue fork. Okay, yeah, that sounds that, about that right. That was Stoner Dude, wasn't he? Didn't he get stabbed yep. with a fondue fork mm-hmm. at some point? Dude. That that kitchen looked like the set from uh, the Facts of Life when they opened the cool hip '80s store. Yeah, it was very very '80s. The, the Munchie multiplies just like uh, the Gremlins. Gremlins. Mm-hmm. It's a direct rip off. There is nothing creative about that. And uh, unlike Gremlins, though, these guys are horny. Yeah, the Munchies are horny. Yep, they want to they want to rub one out. They want to uh, they want to take this movie down to pound town. Oh, there's one scene in this film that just like made me cringe and it had nothing to do with anything intentional. The lead character is walking around in a pair of air Jordans edition ones Mm -hmm. in the mud. Oh my God. Could you imagine? I jumped out of my seat. I was like, Oh my God, do you see what you're doing? And of course, back then it was no big deal. They were just sneakers. They were, they were fucking first edition air Jordans and he's like tromping around in the I mud. I did not catch that. It, That's very interesting. It though. drove me crazy. So yes, as you said, uh, Harvey Corman comes back, uh, to circumvent some of the shenanigans from his unscrupulous brother. Uh, who is the lady that was his sidekick? His, his woman, his main squeeze. She was terrible. Uh, she was so bad I don't remember She was not funny Meant to be funny and just not so uh, We were talking about Robert Picardo and Wendy Shaw uh-huh. they, they own like an ice cream shop Yeah, yeah, yeah Because there's
0: a, at one point there's giant ice cream cones on people's heads That's their hats Yeah
1: I guess Again, not funny I don't understand what their angle was Th- This film felt very California to me Yeah like you had to have like in the know like inside jokes for Californians. I, I really felt that there was a lot of stuff that went over my head, but I was kind of feeling what they were talking about. California, Cal- no doubt about it. California. Uh, this one, this one is the biggest ripoff of them all. Uh, I think that if you haven't seen it, it's on. Uh, believe, probably like Pluto. Or Plex, one of the uh, one of those free download yeah. services where you can. You just gotta watch, watch ads, but you yeah, you, you gotta can watch, watch the movie. ads, but it's there. So I wanted to say something about the director
0: Tina Hirsch. Yeah, totally. Um, she had edited three films for Corman in the 1970s, and in the mid 80s, told him that she wanted to direct. And Corman wanted to make a Gremlins knockoff. He did it on purpose. He wanted to make a Gremlins knockoff. Uh, which were profitable at the time. And since Hirsch had edited that film, it seemed like a good fit. Munchies was shot over 12 days, followed by three days of filming puppets and inserts. It felt like it. 12 days. I I think that a lot of the um, movies that we talked about today are single location shoots.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. This one, yeah, even when they're in Peru, it felt like they were in just, you know, California. Yeah. It it reminded me of, like, Land of the Lost. It was just really shitty. Machu Picchu. Yeah. The toxic waste dump of (laughs) the galaxy. If you're going to watch any of these knockoffs, I would say definitely watch Critters. Critters, yeah. Okay, so my,
0: of the four movies that we talked about today, I'm going to rank them. Go. Obviously, Gremlins is at the top. Yes. Then Critters. Yep. Then Munchies, yep. Then Ghoulies, totally. Yeah, I think that's the correct hierarchy. And for once, Rotten Tomatoes got it right too, because that's the that's good. That's the order of of ranking that's for them good. as well.
1: You know, this one this was an education for me because, again, I had always had the impression that Ghoulies and Critters were like such direct knockoffs mm-hmm. of Gremlins. Well, I was wrong. Yeah, I, I think that they are their own. Uh, their own in ways films. yes. yeah, but they they do borrow the elements, and it's easy to sit there and point the finger and say that well, of course, Gremlins wasn't the first exactly. Film with yeah, like critters. we mentioned earlier, yeah, uh, Gremlins itself stood on the shoulders
0: of things that came before
1: that. Yeah, everything is derivative, but at the same time, we look at those things that are iconic, the accomplishments of, mm-hmm. of, of the individual film, and I think that Dante and and the guys that were behind Gremlins really did a cool job of. Taking something like that of these nameless, voiceless creatures, except for Gizmo, mm-hmm. but you know they, they they were able to take those and, and turn it into something fun and entertaining that could carry a film, which is a challenge. Yeah, as we can see with some of these inferior ones, where in the wrong hands, it just falls Things flat on its yeah, it falls flat on its face. So, uh, so yeah, that's it for, uh, for the, for the gremlins g- knockoffs, the gremlins knockoffs, man. That was a fun one. I, I, I really liked that when I learned a lot myself and saw some movies that I thought I knew what they were and they weren't. So, uh, yeah. So
0: whose, whose marketing decision was it at, uh, AMC the, car company to to create a car called a gremlin. Well, that was before any of these films. But oh. it also still had the connotation of malfunctioning equipment.
1: Oh, that's the other thing that we should mention. I'm sorry to backtrack but Munchies features the Munchies driving a gremlin. Oh, cool. Okay. And it's even got a, uh, a license plate that says so that's a little on the nose. Gremlin 1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's Corman saying, yes, we are ripping off Gremlin." Very much but so. He was shameless about that. You seen anything good lately? Uh
0: okay, we've just so been watched, watching
1: these movies? I watched these four movies this week. I
0: did watch one new movie, um, which was kind of meh. Uh, and that is uh, A Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion. Oh, the Disney the thing. The new Disney Haunted Mansion. It's got mansion. Lakeith in it. Yeah, it's got Lakeith Stanfield. He's good. Uh, if he, he might be overacting just a little bit. Okay. Um, Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, um, Tiffany Haddish. And if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm sorry, but it, I mean, leaps and bounds better than the Eddie Murphy haunted mansion. But I'm not the, saying too that much. bar was set pretty low. Yeah. Um, and the special effects are all right. Oh, um, Jared Leto is the voice of like the big bad ghost. Oh yeah. But it's all modified. It doesn't sound like him. Hmm. I haven't checked it in yet, but I think it's, it's probably going to get a middling rating from me.
1: Okay. There's some cool stuff that just came out uh, that we're going to be looking at I think you and I were both talking yeah, about some Yeah on
0: um, it's a, on Amazon
1: Prime totally killer
0: yeah. Which I want to see because it involves um, time travel. And looks a like sucker. a
1: freaky Friday hot tub time yes. machine is
0: what it looks it's like It's also to me. drawn some controversy in its similarity to The Final Girl.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Final Girls. Would I'm be, still going to watch it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Uh, yeah. I intend to as well. Loki season two kicked off.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I saw the first episode of it. There is a very, very smart cleverly written three lines of dialogue so i should probably watch season one then huh? you should probably watch season one yes but uh uh kihu kwan uh, aka short round aka data data is in this and there are three lines of dialogue it's one of the smartest written pieces of dialogue that it's it's a joke it's a nod to Goonies and Temple of Doom. And if you're not paying attention, you won't catch it. Oh, wow. It's so smart. It's so beautifully done. It's wordplay. Well, speaking of Disney and how they own everything,
0: uh, I've been enjoying Ahsoka. Ahsoka wrapped up. Yeah, I've I've seen the first three or four episodes. I think that Ahsoka... There's only six, right? I think,
1: I think uh, eight. eight. I okay. think Ahsoka is one of the best of the uh, the Star Wars TV series. And this, of course, leads into this Dave Filoni film mm-hmm. that they're going to produce. And I have to say I'm excited because they kind of dispensed with some of the, the stuff that was unnecessary in some of the other TV series. And this one really dialed it into a very cohesive very fine storyline that kind of says we're, we're, we're aiming at something bigger and I'm excited to see what the big story is going to be. So I didn't realize going into it that
0: Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it. Yeah. And it took me a couple episodes to figure out which
1: character. Yeah. She it's is. your girl. Yeah. One of them. She got the green on. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Did you know what song I heard on the way over here? Was that? It was uh, a little little track from Billy Ocean called "Caribbean Queen." Oh,
1: you you gave me that on vinyl. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was it was kind of uh, poignant that it came on the radio on the way over here. Um, All right, that's going to wrap us up. You're not with us next week, unfortunately. Uh, Joey and Todd will be with us. We're going to be talking about Alien, Alien knockoffs, the Ridley Scott fantastic movie. That could have been a shitty movie mm-hmm. had some key decisions not been made. You have to talk about um, H.R. Giger, of course. That'll be a big part of it, but also uh, Ridley Scott's decision to make a uh, the the lead the female, uh-huh. a strong female lead, badass female, and, lead. and how key that was. So we're really excited to talk about that. I think I've got uh, three Harv- uh, Harvey Corman. I think I've got three Roger Corman movies oh, lined wow. up to talk to you about. So we're looking forward to that one. You'll be back I think for the final of the month. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about Exorcist Knockoffs. Yes, that was my idea, not Todd's. Oh, Just yours? for the record, it was my I idea. Credit where credit's due. Um, uh, so yeah, we're excited to be doing this. This is a lot of fun. Hopefully you like it too. And we insist that you please tell your friends about Us, please like, review, subscribe on all of the uh podcatcher apps and follow us on social media. We are Cinema Chop Shop on everything except for YouTube. We are Cinema Chop Shop Podcast, Podcast. and uh, we look forward to uh producing the next episode. We hope you'll be there with us in the meantime. We please ask you to always watch, Watch, chop, retrofit, retrofit, and don't feed
0: them after midnight. For god's sakes, there's only three rules.